Welcome to Unlocking the Truth, a podcast where we discover God's truth for ourselves. Do you want to know how to better study God's Word? Then participate in one of our free online workshops or join one of our online Bible studies. There's tons of times and options to choose from. Head to our website to register now at www.preceptministries.ca. On our website, you can also get connected to our social media pages and join our email list to stay updated on the many things God is doing through Precept Ministries. We want to hear from you. If you have been impacted by these podcasts, then we want to know. Email us your testimonies to info at preceptministries.ca. We can't wait to hear about how God is working in your life. Now, stay tuned for Unlocking the Truth, a study on the book of 2 Thessalonians. Hello, everyone. This is Unlocking the Truth podcast. Uh, If you're listening on the Precept app, Precept Canada app, amazing. Hopefully, that's all working out. We just launched the uh, app on September 1st. Uh, exciting to see that project finally come to fruition. We're digging into a new book. Uh, we're going to be looking at Second Thessalonians for the next number of weeks. We'll be releasing these podcasts uh, back on our regular schedule of bi-weekly every Monday. And so I uh, hope you'll tune in for it. Thank you for sending in all the feedback regarding First Thessalonians. Just uh, a great encouragement from uh, what has been uh, learned and, and what the Lord has been doing through First Thessalonians. Uh, I had the opportunity to spend much of August on vacation, and I just decided that uh, I was going to dig into a number of different books, uh, books uh, ranging from sports to, of course, anything focused on um you know, spiritual growth. And one book that I read this summer seems to be one of the hottest books uh, out there right now. And and I couldn't highly recommend it more. And uh, I thought this would be a great opportunity. I would, if you can get your hand on the book called Gentle and Lowly, The Heart of Christ for Sinners and Sufferers by Dane Ortland. I'm telling you, you will be so encouraged by reading that book just because uh, that book focuses on the heart of Jesus. A lot of uh, books we read focus on the works of Jesus and the things that Jesus does, but this really focuses on uh, his character in his heart. So, uh, great uh, little book. Fast read, but if you ever do pick it up, I would encourage you, take your time. And work through it because it is a great, uh, encouraging book. So I've passed on my copy to um, some of our staff members and will pass, pass it on to many more people because uh, I think everybody should, should read that book. also had an opportunity to read some books uh, regarding what's happening down in the United States of America with... Um, with all the politics and things like that and and just getting our eyes focused back on Jesus and not being distracted uh, by by all of that uh, mess that we're seeing in the world right now and that and that's what I wanted to pick up uh, our 
overview. So a uh, shorter episode this week, just an overview of Second Thessalonians. But let me, let me pray and ask God to uh, um, speak through me um, in this uh, time. In Jesus, uh, Father, we thank you uh, that you would go before us as we work through Second um, Thessalonians. I pray that we would continually be reminded that eschatology is for encouragement and not debate, that as we uh, look even further into this letter over the next number of weeks, that you would guide us, that you would direct us, that you would speak to us, that you would challenge us, that you would convict us, and that you would change us. And Father, that each and every word written in this letter uh, was as much for the people of Thessalonica as it is for us now. So, Lord Jesus, go before us. In your name we pray. Amen. Hey, um, just to um, get started here, I had the opportunity to speak at uh, a couple of churches over the summer as well. And uh, um, I just love um, taking um, people through the scriptures. And And uh, one of the questions that I had for the church that I, I spoke to um, last week was um, that do you notice a change? And uh, so uh, what I mean by notice a change is do you notice something happening in our culture? Do you notice uh, a, a change that um, seems fairly significant? I mean, we're right now, as this podcast releases, um, we are in our sixth month of the pandemic. But I, I'm not saying that things have changed because of the pandemic. All right, I'm I think it's greater than the pandemic. I mean, yes, we have to walk around, and depending on the province you're in, there's things that, uh, or the state, because I know that we have people in the United States listening to us as well, but if if you are um, where you are, maybe some of the regulations are a lot different. Maybe uh, you don't have to wear masks, and your churches aren't limited to the number of people that can can uh, meet together, but there's something going on. There's some change where it seems that evil is even more prevalent than it has ever been before in North America. Now, keep in mind, I'm, I'm in my 40s, so uh, those who are older might say, well, no, I haven't seen it this bad before. I've seen it evil uh, before. Uh, in times where um, it's become being very, very evil. I, I would think that maybe uh, during the time of the Nazi reign in Germany, that would be a time where we would see some real evil um, at work. I mean, I've walked through uh, the Holocaust Museum in, in Israel, and I've seen what happened during that time period, and I've read about it, and uh, that that's evil prevailing, but it seems that again that there's a, there's something happening in North America. Let me put it that way: there's something happening in North America where evil and is is beginning to just take all of the headlines. Everything that uh, we see in the news today has something to do with the prevalence of sin. Uh, murders, there's um, all of this protesting that's going on, all of this arguing over uh, what's happening in the world. Uh, if you say 
in the world right now, if you were to say that all lives matter, well, you would be ridiculed because that's not true. That's not true, according to some. They, that some believe that it's just black lives matter. Well, from a biblical point of view, we are to love all. And so uh, as believers, you know, we're, we're to be loving. Uh, study f- the book of 1 John. You'll see all about the importance of the love of the brethren. It's one of the proofs that you are that of a Christian. And so it seems to me that I'm watching. I'm watching what's going on around the world. I'm watching what's happening in the United States. Cities are being burned down because of what people are presenting as a moral truth versus a uh, biblical truth. There's all kinds of stuff happening in this world. And it just seems to me that as the evil begins to to rise up and bubble up to the surface, that uh, in one sense, uh, the church is starting to get persecuted a little bit more. Uh, In California, in the state of California, as of right now in September, uh, John MacArthur is the only church that is allowed to meet in the entire state. And and the city just took his parking lot away so that the people couldn't go and park uh, at their church, for their church, something that they've been doing for 30-something years in this parking lot and paying a crazy amount of rent to lease this lot. And, and they're doing everything they possibly can to close the doors in the, in the name of uh, the COVID-19 pandemic. Uh, churches all across Canada are in varying different ways of being able to meet under a number of regulations. Uh, I serve on a leadership board at our church, and I'm listening and watching as many churches in the country are trying to figure out how to do programming coming into the fall with great concerns of uh, how things are going to pan out with people getting uh, this virus or not. There, there seems to be where, uh, one, the church has got to be a lot more creative in the ways that they're going to reach people for the gospel. Because doing, the way, doing things the way we used to do them, where we would try to get everybody from the community to come into our church, doesn't seem to be working right now for the very fact that nobody can come into your church and you're at a limited number. And so it seems like this pandemic is this pressure and this fire that's really coming against the ability of what we can do. Now, churches have been super creative in the last six months. Don't get me wrong. I've seen some amazing things happening throughout the country that people have gotten creative. Uh, This has been an opportunity where in some points we have seen a number of uh, increase in church attendance. Precept has seen an increase in the number of people attending Bible study training and Bible study workshops. But the Pew Research, and this is what I shared in this sermon, and I want to share it with you folks as well, Pew Research released what Christians have been doing for the last six months. Now, this survey was done in mid-July, so uh, 
I don't want to add to the very fact that beyond uh, July uh, that people are still doing these things, but let's, let's face it, it's probably not too much different. All right, so 10,000 people uh, were surveyed, and they were uh, people who are of non-religious affiliation, or religious but not of a certain affiliation or a church. There was Jewish, and then there was evangelical Christian. All right, so 29% of evangelical Christians said they were reading their Bible at least once a week. 55% of Christians said that they were praying once a week. Uh, I don't know about you, but I know that one day comes around every time, every uh, time at the same time. Okay, every day at the same time. All right, so a little tongue twister there. Uh, Sunday, a day when we go to church, uh, we spend time in prayer, and we're digging into the scriptures. So 29% admitted they were reading the Bible at least once a week. Maybe that's at church. 55% said they were praying at least once a week. Maybe that's at church. You want to know what Christians were doing 90% of the time through the pandemic? Watching Netflix. That's what Christians were doing in the midst of the pandemic. They were surfing and binging Netflix. Well, that's a real wake-up call in the midst of what's going, going on in this world. We're seeing evil prevail and things bubbling to the surface that we've never seen before. The only counteraction to that is pushing out and giving biblical truth as much as we possibly can. But, but we seem to be in this place where this virus is hindering us and being able to run these programs the way we used to do them and therefore we're not getting creative and we're digging into Netflix. I led a Bible study with my church in, um, in April and into May and had five, five people attending. Less than uh, 10% of our church was involved in Bible study through the pandemic. I mean, that's, that's just crazy. And you see, I bring all of this up because this is what's going to bring us into the overview of 2 Thessalonians. You see, in Acts chapter 17, and go back and listen to 1 Thessalonians podcast episode 1 if you want to get the full background on the church. But in Acts chapter 17, Paul goes into Thessalonica and he creates such a stir that the people were so angry, angry at them that they wanted to kill them. And the accusation against Paul, Silas, and Timothy was that they were upsetting the whole world. That the gospel message at the time that it was being presented was shaking and shifting the entire world and turning it upside down. Quick question for you. When you look around right now in 2020 and you watch the news and you read the newspapers and you spend time on social media, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, whatever it is, do you see a message that's completely turning the world upside down? Do you see a message that's shaking the world? And is that message biblical? The answer is no. 
the message that is being shared right now is not of biblical truth. And so in 1 Thessalonians, when Paul goes there, they're accused of upsetting the world. And I believe at this point in time, at this kind of crossroads that we are in, we, we need to pray and ask God that we have opportunities to flip again to where the gospel message is presented with such urgency that the church begins to be accused again of upsetting the whole world for good. First uh, Thessalonians, uh, we talked about the very fact that there was some suffering going on. Second Thessalonians, in the letter that was written, is coming to the church about four to six months after the first letter. And so uh, there's no understanding of why this letter was written. Uh, It's hard to tell um, whether uh, Timothy or somebody sent back another report to Paul to address a number of things, but there's still issues in the church. There's, There's still things going on within the church, but I'd like to suggest that the furnace has been turned up that the heat on the church is even greater than it was just a few months earlier. The persecution has not stopped. It has increased so much so that uh, there are false teachers now who are teaching um, about the second coming of Jesus Christ that is causing much more difficulty And so uh, what we have in chapter 1, just to draw out a couple of verses, uh, he says in uh, verses 1 to 4, Paul, Silvanus, and Timothy to the church and the Thessalonians, in God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ, grace to you and peace from God the Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. We always ought to give thanks to God for you, brethren. And it's only fitting because of the faith is greatly enlarged And the love of each one of you toward one another grows even greater. Therefore, we ourselves speak proudly of you among the churches of God for your perseverance and faith in the midst of all your persecutions and afflictions which you endure. You see, even four to six months later, as the fiery furnace of persecution and suffering is being turned up, they're running well. You know what's crazy when you look at 2020? You look at the stats from the Pew Research. We're six months into the pandemic. Are we running well? Are we people who are uh, enduring well through the uh, persecution and the suffering that we're going through? Uh, You know, everybody's under some sort of uh, restrictions when it comes to the pandemic, but you know, are we still running well? How's your faith in the midst of it? Are you losing hope as we uh, come into the half a year point of what's going on? This church is still running well, and the fire is the fiery furnace has been turned up. Uh, verse five says, "This is a plain indication of God's righteous judgment, uh, so that you'll be considered worthy of the kingdom of God." which indeed you are suffering. The suffering is refining and purifying and preparing this church 
for the coming of Jesus Christ. Remember chapter 1, they still have their hope and their eyes are set on the rescue that is to come. So chapter 1 really focuses on uh, the persecution, the persecution that they're going through, but there is a promise and that promise comes in verse 7, verse 6 and 7. For after all, it's only just for God to repay with affliction those who afflict you and to give relief to you who are afflicted and to us as well when the Lord Jesus will be revealed. I cannot wait next week to unpack chapter 1 and and look at that a little bit closer. But the promise is suffering will be here now, but relief will will come with Jesus Christ. Quickly looking at chapter 2. And chapter 2 is uh, the focus becomes on the day of the Lord. Now, let me give you a a great little statistic about this book before we move into chapter 2. 18 of the 47 verses found in 2 Thessalonians are about eschatology. That's just over 30% of this book focuses on the return of Jesus Christ. Therefore, we still hold that firm belief that eschatology is for encouragement, not debate. But in chapter 2, we're going to get into a little bit more detail of what's going to happen at the return of Jesus Christ, as well as what will happen prior to his return. Uh, So we'll be looking at that in a number of weeks. But what seems to have happened is that there is a false teacher or a false prophet or someone within the church who, or who, someone who is influencing the church and is doing so in the following ways. The person is bringing a message about the second coming and the very fact about the day of the Lord and that the people are, have either missed or are in the midst of the day of the Lord. And so what we have here is, uh, he says in verse 2, chapter chapter 2, verse 1, Now we request you, brethren, with regard to the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ and gathering together to him, that you don't be quickly shaken from your composure or be disturbed either by a spirit or a message or a letter, as it is from us to the effect uh, that the day of the Lord has come. All right, so here's the thing. Like Before we go even further, the fiery furnace of suffering and persecution has turned up. It is even hotter than it was in ver- chapter 1. And because of this, the people who are in the midst of this know that at the day of the Lord, this is the truth they know. Why do they know it? Because Paul taught them. That when the day of the Lord comes, there it will be a great day of suffering, where the suffering will be so intense. Uh, Peter calls it a day of destruction, where all of this heat is going to be turned up on those who are still here. And so now you have this false teacher, and this false teacher is teaching in three ways. We'll look at this even further. Okay, he's teaching by a spirit saying that uh, a spirit working within him has given him this prophetic message. Then there is this um, just simple 
uh, in voice speaking that I am a prophet. I've got this for you. So that the Spirit told me I'm a prophet. And then in letters written uh, as though they are from Paul. And so that what the letters are saying is that you are in the day of the Lord. That remember when we looked at this in chapter one, it wasn't just one day, but a time period. That because the suffering has increased so much, you are in that time period right now. And because they are in that time period, the third problem that is being faced is that some have stopped working. Some have stopped putting um, their faith into action. Some have stopped uh, doing the good work that they've been called to do. So uh, that would be part of what chapter 3 is about. Chapter 3 focuses on um, how to work and live and be an example and how to deal with the unruly. Chapter 2 focuses on the signs of the coming and what has to come first before Jesus' return. And then chapter 3 talks about dealing with the unruly and how to work. Now, the overall theme for this book is found, I think the best verse would be found in 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 15. So then, brethren, stand firm and hold to the traditions that which you were taught, whether by word of mouth or by letter from us. Uh, he also tells them to, in earlier in chapter 2, he tells them to remember. And so what we're going to see as we walk through is the idea that in the midst of this suffering and persecution, keep your eyes focused on Jesus who will come and rescue us from the wrath. That the suffering we're facing is nothing in comparison to what is to come for those who do not believe. That the ones who are causing problems against us and causing the suffering and persecution, God will judge them and we don't have to worry about that. Our sole purpose is to be ready for the return of Jesus Christ. Our sole purpose is to stand firm and hold fast in the midst of what we're going through. Continue to endure. Continue to persevere. Continue to be in the faith and work. Keep working. Keep furthering the kingdom of God. Isn't it going to be amazing to dig through um, these passages? I cannot wait for the next number of weeks that we go through. So if you're listening to this right now before I close in prayer... Let this be encouragement for you that this letter is as much for us today as it is for those who first received it from Paul. The second thing is that I want to encourage you to be a person who just doesn't listen to the podcast but digs into the study for themselves. We've got some Second Thessalonians classes running online. You can find them in preceptministries.ca or you can study uh, on your own. But make sure you dig into the scriptures and see these truths for yourselves. It would be so much more beneficial uh, for you to be able to see. Uh, you'll learn 90% and retain 90% of what you uh, learn when you put your um, learning capabilities into place by writing 
and uh, reading and re repetition, as well as um, following through on, on listening to teachers about what uh, they're seeing in the scriptures. So I'll be praying for you as you, as you study and as we work through. But uh, again, I cannot wait. I'm looking forward to walking through this with you and seeing about how this church uh, will respond in very difficult days. Folks, we are in difficult days as well. It's time for us to be alert, to be awake, to be ready for the return of Jesus Christ. Oh, Father, I thank you again. Thank you for the truth that comes from your scriptures. I pray, Lord, that as we walk through these uh, verses over the next number of weeks, that we would see truths uh, that we haven't seen before, that we'd be challenged, that we would be different people at the end of our time together. Father, I pray that uh, you'd continue to give us direction in, in how we should go as a ministry and as our individual churches and, and as the church as a whole in North America because, uh, Lord, uh, we're, we're under wraps in the pandemic. Help us to be creative to, to get the gospel out to those who need it most. Father, we thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for listening. For more information about Preset Ministries, head to our website at www.presetministries.ca.